Hey, Bill Crystal here. If Mitch McConnell can shut Elizabeth Warren down, why can't I shut this god substandard down? Why are you shaking me off? Huh? I want to bring the heater to announce my presence with authority. To announce your what? To announce my presence with authority. To announce your presence with authority? This guy's a first ball, fastball hitter. He's looking for heat. Oh, yeah? So what? He ain't seen my heat. Because in either game, life or football, the margin for error is so small. I mean, one half a step too late or too early, and you don't quite make it. One half second too slow, too fast, you don't quite catch it. The inches we need are everywhere around us. <laughs> you having fun yet? Oh, yeah, I'm having a blast. Thanks. Good. God, sucker teed off in that like he knew I was going to throw a fastball. He did know. How? I told him. Welcome back to The Substandard. I'm Victor Mattis along with Jonathan V. Last and Sonny Bunch. I'd like to remind you that The Substandard is available on iTunes and Google Play. Just look on our podcast and search for Substandard. Please subscribe, tell your friends, leave a review. One recent reviewer named KLS2222 says, quote, This show is pleasantly unashamed of itself and makes me feel less alone in the universe. Wow. Uh, we have saved at least one suicide. I was going to say, <laughs> KLS2222, you are not alone in your love for Axis and Allies board games and Star Blazers, if that's your thing. What are Star Blazers? Oh, that's in the next episode, Sonny. In addition, we'd also like to remind you that the substandard show notes posted by Jonathan Last are available every Friday at 11 a.m. at weeklystandard.com. Gentlemen, uh, how are we? How was the weekend? Uh, JVL? Super Bowl. Tom Brady, Belichick. I please. I know you guys. Please. What were your, share your thoughts. I'll. I, I will only share please. this. Um, this was the year my eight-year-old kid got really into sports, and he decided that he was a Patriots fan, and he's basically become a mass hole. And he is so into Tom Brady, and I'm trying to teach him the life lessons one takes from sports, that once you let sports into your life, you're signing up for decades worth of heartache and frustration and tragedy. And I thought, actually, through three quarters that this was going to be a great lesson for him. And we watched the game, and I'm telling him it's over. And the whole game, he's saying, no, they could totally come back. Tom Brady's the greatest ever. And I'm trying to explain to him, no, the game is over, actually. It's, you know, yes. no, no, 99.3% chance. He can come back. He can come back. Three minutes left now. It's not happening. And, uh, and so, of course, they come back, and my kid turns to me and goes, See, I told you. And he now takes. <laughs> so, my, I grow up believing that the lesson of sports is that for some people, i.e., those who grow up outside of Philadelphia, everything always ends in tragedy. Nothing you do ever works. You always lose. And yeah, my kid, this being his first season of football that he's cared about, takes the lesson of <laughs> you can win every time because you're See, the best. <laughs> uh, but now doesn't this then lead to the Bane scenario where uh, now he will always have hope and thus can always feel much more pain at uh, losses? I hope so. I mean, my, my dream is that by the time he's 14 or 15, I can take him up to the link for a game and his heart will be so black that I can say, here's a D-cell. <laughs> My son, <laughs> take your patrimony, and he'll do the right thing. 
like Ed Rendell before him. Let the hate flow through uh, so, you. Somewhere, the hate flow so, somewhere you. Buddy Ryan is laughing. So, <laughs> uh, Sonny, what did you think about the Super Super Bowl Lee, as I like to call it? Does it lie? Super lie. Bowl lie? Yeah. Uh, I will be honest. I spent most of my time on Twitter cracking jokes about how this was exactly like the election. So because Green Bay wasn't in the game, right? Uh, so you didn't. Care I didn't about care it. about who won. I didn't care about who won, but I was entertained by all the people who were sad at who won. So that made me that, that made me happy. That, that filled my the dark void that is my my soul. I watched the Super Bowl uh, from a hotel room in Orlando uh, at the Royal uh, Lowe's Royal Pacific Hotel. We started watching uh, at uh, a restaurant in the hotel, Jake's American Bar, and I was surprised when I, we walked in. We missed uh, part of the first uh, quarter, and I saw the score was already what a fourteen to zero, twenty-one to zero, maybe it was something like that. And then, uh, and, th- and that was stunning. And then we go back to the hotel room. Everybody's tired because we spent a whole day out at you know Universal, which I'll talk about later. And uh, and then basically everybody just passed out. And I watched the game, and there was about three minutes left. And Michael and I were, my son and I were still awake. And then the signal went out with three minutes left. No. Yes. And it's like, boop, boop, boop. it got more and more pixelated and then spotty, you know, squares. Was there blocks. a thunderstorm or something? Was no it, idea. And did it was you just, take him down to the bar? It was, no, it was just that channel. But I said, you know what? I was so tired. I thought 28, 20, less than three minutes left. I honestly thought, you know what? Atlanta's, they cannot possibly blow it because if they do, the whole city's going to have a meltdown. And so I just said, you know, screw it. And then I fell asleep. I wake up about 15 minutes later or 20 minutes later and I check my phone and sure enough, I see Patriots win an OT. <laughs> and that's what I missed. But again, we'll talk about uh, that trip later, but that was my uh, Super Bowl, unfortunately. Father of the year. Yeah. Don't worry, son. You're not going to miss anything. You're not going to miss anything. He does. That's okay. He still doesn't know. Uh, but since uh, this was the Super Bowl and Super Bowl week and everything like that, we thought here at the Substandard, what better time to discuss sports movies, our favorite sports movies, and what it means, what counts as sport movies. Uh, I'm gonna, uh, I, I defer to uh, Jonathan here. Uh, you have some deep thoughts that it's, not, it's just not all one lump sum sports movies, is it? So the category is actually broader than it sounds. Uh, you have, for instance, sports comedies, mm-hmm. The Replacements, Happy Gilmore, Caddyshack, major, which major our league, friend, major league, uh, which our friend uh, Jane Orlinger, big golf nerd, says that among golf nerds, they view Caddyshack as legitimately the greatest golf movie ever made. <laughs> that it captures the entire spirit of country club and yeah. golf. In you mean more than uh, the Legend of Bagger Vance? More than the Legend wow. of Bagger Vance. Uh, Find that hard. So, to do you? I mean, do you guys have favorite? What do you think of sports comedies? Are you the Water Boy? Right. Do you have a so uh, semi pro Talladega Nights. What? I uh, I it in the in the realm of sports comedies, right? You you have, uh, uh, my my my. I'm sorry, I'm rambling. My biggest takeaway from sports comedies is that ironically, golf makes for the best sports comedies. <laughs> so you have Caddyshack. You have you have the great uh, you know Bill Murray, Chevy Chase uh, uh, scenes. But then you also have uh, the kind of more slapstick and ridiculous somehow even than Caddyshack. Uh, uh, Happy Gilmore, which is really Adam Sandler at the peak of his powers. Go to your home. It is at his like punching. Uh, um, 
Bob Parker. Bob, Bob Barker, right? <laughs> Bob Barker, right in the right in the schnoz uh, to uh, the the crazy guy with the nail in his head, who's an, uh, a great character actor. And the great right. character yeah. actor Christopher McDonald. And Christopher McDonald, uh, less scary than in Requiem for a Dream, but uh, only slightly as as the. Uh, uh, and then also Tin Cup. Tin Cup is amongst my favorite sports movies and amongst my favorite sports comedies. And it it just it kind of of course it's anchored by the great Kevin Costner, who is the king of sports actors we can come back to that in a minute i think yes, yes. uh but uh no i think i think that you know th- there's something about golf and the kind of self-seriousness with which people who play it and and watch it take it that lends itself to being punctured by the sports comedy do you count jerry Maguire as a sports movie no that's a good question it's a movie about the sports industry, I guess, but it's it it's but definitely sports is deeply integral to the plot. Of yeah. course, I mean it, it is it is uh, if if we are doing a die hard is die hard a Christmas movie right. style argument right. about this, I think you could make the case that Jerry Maguire is a sports movie, yeah. but I don't really. It's more of it's more of a. I, really, it's more of an entertainment industry movie. It's more of an yeah. uh, uh, like in the sports sports ed, ed, industry, yeah. the sports agencies. Yeah, I mean it's it's about it's about selling people. It's not about the game. So so I would say that there are a bunch of niche sports which are good for a single movie. Like tennis has one good movie about it, which it's is the Paul Bettany. No, that's uh, not movie. good. It, it that's is, not good. It is Wimbledon is a bad movie. It is not a great is it movie. Called, oh wait, what about Wimbledon? Match Point? It has a one of my favorite sports movie scenes ever, which is when the two tennis players are sitting on the London Eye, looking over London, and Paul Bettany says, "Someday, none of this will be ours." <laughs> Which is a beautiful observation about what it is like to is be a professional Kirsten athlete. Kirsten Dunst, the female, she yes, is, she female. is, she's, she's very she winning, was, yeah. uh, not convincing as a professional athlete. No, um, McFarland, USA, which as I is a cross country running one, the, yeah. the cross country one, which is a great movie except for one problem, which is having run cross country in high school. I can tell you there are no bad guys in cross country. So the bad guys in McFarland, USA, are this team of. Uh, blonde, preppy, rich kids who are like, you know, hey, yeah, suck it. They're basically the bad kids from Karate, from Karate Kid. Kid. Yeah. And that what does, is runners? That simply doesn't exist in cross country. Everybody who does cross country, like the average SAT scores are 1450 for a cross country team. And it's a bunch of introverted losers. Like this is like, yeah. you know, there is no trash talk. Is uh-huh. it because you're only competing against yourself essentially? No, it's just, this is who, this is the personality type that is drawn to high school cross country is you get the hardworking kids without a lot of real athletic talent. And again, this was me. I was captain of the cross country team um, who find a sport that they can succeed in through basically through sheer willpower and to pal around with a bunch of guys who are going to go off to MIT and stuff like that. There are no bad guys. Uh, gymnastics. There are a couple of good gymnastics movies. Vic, I was hoping you could talk for a little bit about your favorite movie of 2006. You mean, no, you mean Stick It? Is it called <laughs> Stick It? No, Stick I, it. I didn't see that one. Uh, I only saw it on YouTube. I only saw no, and, and I was going to say, does cheerleading count? Because I would say no, bring no, it I'm on. I'm sorry, we'll go back to bring, bring on. Bring it on. Did you know that the, the writer, change the writer of Bring It On, Jessica Bendinger, mm-hmm. wrote and directed Stick It? Well, there you go. Starring, uh, starring. Oh, stick it! Uh, no, I can't remember who was in stick Missy it. Peregrine. That's right. That's right. I would just like to remind you, Vic, that on no fewer than thirty-five occasions, I came by the office and observed you watching the trailer 
For sticking? For sticking. No, 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 no. I was interested in, well, we can't even talk about gymnastics can we, anymore, can we? Can we? That's, not, that's not even can a permissible subject at this uh, point. Can we send this to the FBI directly, or do you think <laughs> they have, like, uh, programs that crawl podcasts looking for it has, curves? It has just Jeff Bridges I, in it. Yes, it does, that's right. It He's does. classing up that, the joint. Like, it's the I dude. Love, I love Jeff Bridges, and that's why I watch the movie over and over at night. So I'm just, that, <laughs> that, that, look, it's yeah. got that great line yeah. where the girl, the one who looks like a miniature version of Hayden Panettiere says it's not called gymnastics like it's why like would you be embarrassed say, I like how you say a miniature version of Hayden Panettiere so what she's three feet tall that's it oh, why, that's why are you fantasy. ashamed why are you <laughs> just kidding I'm just oh, kidding oh god alright we have to no, no, this is, that's, that's, I, look I just for a movie I wish I just wish we had a camera I wish we I wish we had a camera in here to tape to. this because yes. Vic's face is so red he's, <laughs> I know. he's actually it's touching weird. himself in, he's literally touching himself inappropriately right now I would like to remind you there's his a head scene grew three sizes that day. A scene in the, <laughs> the one on my shoulders. Yeah. Where Mystique Peregrine is getting out of an ice bath. And I believe the first time I walked past you <laughs> while you're watching it, what I'm you said to me was, was you said, Oh. <laughs> oh no, I was just, you know, I thought the acting was fantastic in that movie. Yeah, that um, and American yeah, Anthem starting yeah. Mitch Gaylord. Oh, we really yes. enjoyed that I in like, the 80s I as like well, that, right? that one, and uh, I think there was one called American Flyers, too. Oh, and, if, we're doing, yeah. if we're doing one-off uh, Vision Quest, of course. Oh, yeah. The wrestling definitely. movie. That was definitely a... Uh, Matthew, a crew movie, Matthew right? Matthew Modine and Linda Fiorentino were in Vision yeah. Quest. Yeah. What, what's the crew movie? The, the rowing one. The rowing uh, one. It's an 80s film. Oxford Blues Oxford with Rob Blues. Lowe. Breaking uh, Away. Breaking Away, the bicycling movie. that is our friend Richard. Richard Starr is one of his favorite movies because it takes place in Bloomington, Indiana. So, so here's what struck me about this. Yes, thinking about this, J- J- yes, JBL. The two basketball and football mm-hmm. really don't make for very good sports movies. I mean, Hoosiers is a great movie. Hoosiers is a great movie. And then after that, what do you have? Blue Chips. You have oh, Blue I'm... Chips, which is like, which is kind of entertaining, but almost almost ir- like apart from the basketball. It's fun because Nick Nolte is like the crazy uh, uh, skeezy coach. Football has any given Sunday, which I want to put to the side. Yeah, we're gonna have a long conversation about that in a minute. I will. Let me. But just after say any this. given Sunday, what do you get? Rudy. Paper Tigers. You have Rudy. Rudy. Like, uh, North Dallas Forty. North Dallas Forty. These mm-hmm. are not great. What's movies. oh? What's the one where they're in the prison? Yeah, Bur- the, the, the original. The, no, 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 the original. No, 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 not the, the one with that. Not the one. With, uh, the one with Burt Reynolds. Yeah, n- yeah and then there was also one with the longest yard. The longest yard. No, the longest yard. The longest yard. I would say for basketball, you're wrong because beside Hoosiers, there's Juana Man. Juana Man. <laughs> That's How right. How could you forget yeah. that, JVL? Uh, but also, the worst sports movie of all time is a basketball movie, and that movie, of course, is Space Jam. Oh, yeah, Space Jam, which well, is horrendous garbage, and dumb millennials have made it like an object of love, and I hate them. What, I hate all of uh, them. The, the characters, the movie, or millennials? Uh, all of the above. Both. False choice. Was it because uh, it was on the heels of Who Framed Roger Rabbit that they said, let's take I'm, advantage of this, and then we could have Shaq in there with the Warner Brothers characters? Michael no, Space Jam. Jordan, not Shaq. Oh. Yeah, Michael Jordan, wow. not Shaq. Okay. And Charles Barkley, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's a bunch of cameos, yeah, yeah. but it's a Michael right. Jordan Shaq movie. was in Blue Chips, I think. Yes. Shaq was in Blue, blue Chips. Shaq yeah, is in Blue right. Chips. Okay. So. So, but what's interesting, so the two sports that make for the best cinema? Undoubtedly baseball Undoubtedly and boxing. baseball and boxing. Yeah, right. And we can have a long talk. Why is that? Yeah. Well, I, boxing, I think, makes the most sense as a cinematic subject because it's a mano a mano. You have mm-hmm. these character studies. You mm-hmm. have guys who are trying to overcome adversity. I mean, it's just like the basic three-act structure of like 
underdog training mm-hmm. victory mm-hmm. makes perfect sense. And in movies like Rocky, Sonny, uh, you you can have it clearly because it's you know fiction. You can clearly uh, make these good versus evil characters. Yeah, right. Exactly. You have the kind of you, you, uh, even more so in like Rocky three and Rocky okay. four, where right. where Rocky uh, first defeats Mr. T let and me, then defeats communism. Let me let me stop you right there. The original Rocky. Oh, overrated. Uh, you go back and watch that movie versus now. Okay, I mean, versus what versus the is, rest of the Rocky oubre? Well, versus what every genuflect in front of it. Like I am primed to love it. It's a Philadelphia You're, movie. It's, it's a Philadelphia movie. classic. Yeah. That movie is so slow. It's extremely it is slow. molasses. It is. And well, the reason people yeah. love it, there's only one reason that people love it. It's because it sticks the landing so hard. By having yeah. him go the distance yeah. and not win. not win. It is such yeah. a mm-hmm. perfect ending that yeah. everybody forgets do that they know, spent an hour 50 before that going nowhere. You know, That's fine. But there's also the cultural impact of that movie. Right. It creates the How Rocky many, movie. Yes. Right. And, and sort of the, the montage, the classic montage of training, which everybody got psyched about. And you should put it in show notes if we could find it. Eddie Murphy's riff on this when he does it. I think he talks about oh, it God. So in uh, not Delirious, but it's his raw. Uh, it's raw. And he talks. <laughs> Go ahead, yo, say it. Say yo, exactly what he says. Yo, Rocco! Yo, Rocco! And going up and getting the guy getting the juji beans. You know, so it's 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 classic stuff. But I was going to say, JVL, it inspired so many people not only to try to chase after chickens, but also to re- eat raw eggs. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm not going to disagree with you that Rocky is slightly overrated. I think Rocky 2 is probably more entertaining. Um, but the, the height of the Rocky series is definitely Rocky 4, where he kills communism. I mean, that's Let like me that's. Propose something to you boys. The greatest film ever made about the Cold War is Doctor Strange Love. Number two is Rocky Four. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I think that's that's. Uh, Does anyone deny this? Uh, I would have to. I would have to go back and think. About Red Dawn other... is up there. Ooh, yeah, Red yeah. Dawn. I put but, Red Dawn number three but behind Rocky Four. What, Rocky Four is unbelievable. One of awesome. the keys. One of the keys to Rocky Four's success was that they found a dead ringer for Gorbachev. Remember this? Yes. They found this guy. He was a short-lived fame, and I, I read a profile of him at the time in People magazine. And you know, they put the thing on his head, and then they had the light shining, and he stands up to clap. That he's clapping. You know, for, for genuflecting in front of America. Yeah. Uh, Yes. No, well, this no, is the, this, this is, is why it is so anti-communist because the crowd turns and winds up rooting That's the right. Ruskies, right. the and soulless, you have godless to, communists. You have to Rocky. you have to sort of ignore Rocky's speech too at the end, where he's like, you know, you well, and me, we're all. The, the, he, I think it was something like that. No, but no, but, but that's true though. We are all the same. We all want to cheer for America. That is, that's what it comes <laughs> down to. Is what? Yeah. No. I and I, of course, yeah. and of course, the great Bridget uh, Nielsen. Well, yeah, at the height of her powers. At the height of her so powers. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, if he lives, he sure. lives. And then if of he course, dies, he dies. I will break him. <laughs> No, yes. must. I must. I must break, break him. him. And well, I Dolph, have to say, Dolph Lundgren, who is an actual literal genius, yes, and like a yes, chess, chess grandmaster, yeah. and like, you know, he was yes. a chemical engineering PhD, I believe, yeah, when he right. was discovered that's for right. that. That's right. That's right. Um, it, uh, but but the interesting thing I remember from when I watched it in the theater, it was so horrifying when Apollo Creed dies. I mean, it follows a great, you know, moment in, I guess it's Vegas or whatever, and it's, you know, and they have Living in America is playing, and, and the whole thing, and James Brown is there, and then and then he fails to throw in the towel, you know, or it, it's too little, too late, and and you and it was so violent. 
And he just got his face. He just got battered. It oh. was so horrific as a kid watching that. It was, and it yeah. raises the stakes for the rest of the movie. Yeah, doesn't it? it I mean, it, if, yeah. he, if he doesn't die, for me as a fan, it was personal. Now, <laughs> it's personal, yeah. and let's got to work out in the and log then, cabin. Is this, and then is this then the the following montage is the one where he shifts about seventeen thousand times in his car. He's like driving on the highway or thinking about his relationship <laughs> yes, with Apollo, right, and he's just right. like putting it. He puts it in like fifth, and then right. sixth, and then seventh, and then eighth, ninth, tenth, and he's. Just he's by the time he yeah. must he must yeah. be doing about a hundred ninety miles. Was he on the motorcycle? Was he on the motorcycle? He was, and, he, yeah. and he was going through the tunnel. Yes, he was. Uh, he was all. No, it off. was definitely a Italian uh, sports car. Uh, okay, <laughs> go ahead, uh, Jonathan. You were baseball. Yeah. Oh, okay, movie. sure. Let's baseball do baseball. Sure. Please, Jonathan. I I I, I throw to you. Uh, yeah. Give me. So there is the Costner trilogy. Mm-hmm. Yes. Do we all agree on the hierarchy and the ranking of the Costner trilogy? Uh, what was the one that Sam Raimi directed? What was the name of that? Oh, Love uh, of the Game? From no, Love, of the, Love game. of the Game. Which is half of an amazing movie. Yeah. If you cut out everything that isn't the baseball game, yeah, uh, it's I, only 45 minutes, but it's an amazing movie. I've actually never seen this because I, I, I just can't bear to watch Kevin Costner and Sam Raimi sully themselves with this movie, which looked bad. It, it's not every, I didn't see it either, so every, it's going to depend yeah. on you. To, I would no, say that's a, clearly the worst. Yes, that's the, the, third, the, the third of them, because half of the movie doesn't mm-hmm. really work. And, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I, look, this is... But I, I, I'm I sure you're, you're you. going to, dis- know you're you're going to disagree with me on this. I know what you're going to say. Bull Durham is number two. And Field, Field of, of Dreams, Dreams is number one. one. I'm, with, I'm, I'm with Sonny on this. Wrong. Field, JBL, Field of Dreams JBL is, will be the contrarian now. But, it, but it's, it's more wistful. I mean, you know, Bull Durham is more obviously gritty and more realistic well, yeah, about, like, you know, Field minor of Dreams, league. Field of Dreams is Capra-esque. Actually, totally and, Capra-esque. And... Uh, Bull Durham is I don't I don't know right. how it's, you it's even describe but, but that. Field of, Field of right. Dreams, of course, like like a lot of great movies, it's not uh, actually about the sport. It's about regret. It's about America. Yeah, it's about America. It's about America. It's about America. And, you know, you don't have you know. to go to heaven. You can go to Iowa. But yeah. no, it, it's about you know about the choices we make, and it's about regret and uh, family. But, you know. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> No, I mean, it's just a JVL. movie that fetishizes father-son relationships, and so it's garbage. Oh, Sentimental right. garbage. Sorry, we're getting personal here. Sorry. No, I'm not. I'm not I'm, I'm, it's not garbage. It's great. Uh, yes, it's great, uh, but it is not better than Bulldog. Baseball. That's my James Earl Jones. Yeah, absolutely. Baseball. That's right. Uh, he, that's a fantastic. The one constant. The one constant. The one constant. That mm-hmm. speech is one of the great speeches in sports movie history. Like an army of steamrollers. Yeah, yeah I would go with that. Yeah, like an army of steamrollers. But you guys don't res- I, I the lack I, of respect no, I, for Bull Durham, which like is Durham one of the fine. two or three oh, greatest well, sports not, movies. Bull Durham is, is fine. It's like yeah. in the top twenty of sports comedies, probably. So probably. you would throw it as a sports comedy? This is an interesting question. Of course, Bull Durham is a sport. Yeah. Bull Durham is definitely a comedy. That is like it is almost definitionally a comedy. It's Tim Robbins, yeah. being funny, and it's and great. Kevin and it's Costner funny. being it funny, funny. It, and it's and it's got it's got Arliss in it. It's got Arliss <laughs> being funny. <laughs> I believe that's the first time you ever played Arliss. Yeah, I mean, I mean that is the Arliss character. Uh, exactly. No, uh, Robert, Robert Wool. Wool. Yeah. yeah, Robert Wool. Yeah, yes. I think that's the first time he plays the character mm-hmm. that becomes the Arliss character. There were some great yeah. Arliss episodes. 
if you know what I mean, by the way. Oh, God. Yeah. I actually don't. Okay. I never saw the movie. Did you? Did, did, the did ones he, that had like SC he, on it. You did know? he represent uh, the girls from Bring It On? I, it, it, was there, sort of, it. it was something the like that. The girls from Stick It. It was something. Oh, my uh, Did Missy Peregrim guest? Just, uh, here. How, do we, how did we get back to <laughs> Stick It? You were the um, one who. So, uh, talking about, you know, uh, what I what I loved transition. about uh, like the characters I loved about Field of Dreams, it was Ray Liotta a year before he did Goodfellas, and it's funny. And there's still, he has He was about to work with Martin Scorsese, yes. so it's the greatest it's movie ever. ever. Raging and, Bull is obviously the best yeah, boxing film of all time. Uh, <laughs> and and Ray Liotta, of course, plays Shoeless Joe Jackson, but who I really loved in that movie, of course, was the great Burt Lancaster. And that was his last role. And the, oh, he has the his doctor. last- as a doctor, yeah. of course. Yeah. And, and and Archie, uh, Archibald. Uh, and he has that line, his last line on screen, which is, you know, win one for me, will you boys? And then, and Ray Liotta gets to say the last thing to him ever. Not that they knew Bert Lancaster was going to die, but he, he said, you know, hey, rookie, you were good. And by that time, you know, I'm, I'm just a, a, a puddle of tears. No, it, yeah. for me, it was, hey, dad, want to have a kid. Oh, every my time. gosh. I mean, just it's That's, every And it's time. because Costner cracks his voice yeah. a little bit, and yeah. the father knows that yeah. he's the father. Every time. Oh, you should see what Jonathan said. Jonathan, yeah, he hates, just, as you know, you know this is not his <laughs> thing. Is... So, but, and, and it reminded me of when I was a kid, and I'd love, and, and you know, I'd say to my dad, hey, dad, you, you want to go to the driving range? Because that's how it was. We, we never had go, a catch. You want to go to the tennis club? Yeah, you want yeah, to go, 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 go to the Lakewood tennis court and uh, tennis club? <laughs> yeah, that's right, because we, we did not throw catch with each other. But even I connected with that, even though it wasn't there. And I'll give you, and there's also, you know what else is funny? The daughter in this movie, Gabby Hoffman. Gabby Hoffman. Gabby yeah. Hoffman went on to become an indie darling. Yeah. Yes, and who? Uh, a friend. Of, you wish she had been in. A Stick friend. It? A friend of the podcast who uh, I will uh, keep nameless because I don't know if he wants to be known for, you know, uh, saying this. But a friend of the podcast who uh, is a co-host of another equally entertaining uh, podcast. Uh, he told me that Gabby Hoffman is quote batshit crazy because she grew up in the Chelsea Hotel. And well, I mean, just nuts. Any, anyone who watched Girls, her run on Girls, which strikes me, uh, Girls, again, strikes me as the show that is basically the most pure uh, representation of the actresses who are on it, would could tell that uh, Gabby Hoffman is a lunatic. There is a line in a New York Times interview from 2013 with Gabby Hoffman, uh, and I, I, can we talk about... Can I, can I use this? If uh, we can bleep it, if we can't use the word uh, Merkin, is that is I allowed to use that? Sure, term? that's a, it's, it's a, that right? it's, it's a term. A it's a Hollywood term, term right? And term um, she had been in a movie called Crystal Fairy uh, that involved a lot of nudity, and a uh, a friend asked her, "Wow, how did you keep that on?" And she said, "Oh no, I didn't have one." Okay, that's at thirty-five seventeen. Wow. Remember okay. to that's that. great. Sorry, I didn't mean to bring that to a, See, a stop. It's amazing Sorry. to me your recall. Your, your recall yeah, for certain know, facts know, is so particular. Uh, I know. And Sorry, I, it's it's it's. I didn't. It's a hairy so subject. Can we, can we, so can we? Yeah. Oh God! Can we uh, distinguish between? Best sports movies and favorite sports movies. Oh yeah, 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 sure. sure. Because I have a different. Yeah, a give me different, give me your two. So here, here would be. I, I actually have my notebook. This I'll go last, so I, I can wanna, correct you both. So uh, my favorite sports movies. Uh, number one, or uh, number three. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go worst to best. Number three, Dodgeball. Dodgeball is a hilarious sports movie. Fantastic, <laughs> great, definitely sports. I love Jason Bateman in everything, but his. Tiny role in dodgeball 
might be the funniest thing yes. he's ever done. Yeah. Absolutely. It's a bold yeah. move, Cotton. It's a bold move, Cotton. Uh, he was on the Ocho. Was he on the Ocho? On the, Ocho. the Ocho. ESPN 8. The Ocho with like the cockfighting yes. uh, promo. <laughs> yes. So uh, he even sits funny in that movie. Like yeah. the, like, it, yeah. God, Jason Bateman's awesome. Yeah. So, he con- is. so continue, Sonny. I was watching Sesame Street and Jason Bateman was talking about um, uh, consoling. He wanted he, The word of the day was like, I, I, I need to console people. And I couldn't help but think he was being sarcastic the whole time. I thought it was like, I assumed he was... <laughs> That's what I do as a father of an 18-month-old. Watch Sesame just Street. just expect them to be. Uh, uh, you know, you don't two. have to watch it with them. Number you can two. just leave them and go to another room. Yeah, that's true. But I like watching Sesame Street. Oh. Uh, number two, uh, Major League. Major League, another underrated comedy. I love it. Base, best, it, it, it's like, I think it's my favorite R-rated sports comedy. Corbin Burnson? Yes. Also? Great. Yeah. Wesley yeah. Snipes. Wesley Snipes. As, An early Wesley uh, Snipes. Yes. As, uh, as, uh, the, what's his name? Uh, uh, Willie Hayes. Willie Hayes, yes. Bob Euchre. Uh, That's a pretty great movie. Willie yeah. Hayes Mays. Willie Hayes yeah. Mays. Charlie Sheen. Charlie Sheen, yeah. like, at mm-hmm. the kind of mm-hmm. height of his, his comedic know, powers. matinee yes. comedic powers. A- oh, and of course, uh, you know, um, the, the voodoo guy, who Dennis Haysbert. Yes, Dennis Haysbert. Future uh, president Dennis Haysbert. And, and the great character actor Chelsea From Ross. Heat. Chelsea Ross, who plays the old guy who brings uh, Dennis Haysbert the bucket of fried chicken. Oh, because he says yeah, you want to worship yeah, yeah, this, yeah. you know, and the pitcher, well, the salty well, yes, pitcher, the salty yeah, yeah. pitcher, and by then Chelsea Ross is probably in his fifties. He was old, but anyway, go uh, ahead, son. And then best, this is my favorite. This is I. This is, this is your favorite. This is my is most the best. This is my favorite. This is my most. This is one of my most millennial opinions. Favorite sports movie of all time: The Sandlot. Oh my gosh! I could that's watch children. I could watch the that's, Sandlot. That's with children. I could watch the Sandlot every day. If I see it on ABC Family or whatever that channel's called now, <laughs> I will watch it for like 40 minutes. If it's on HBO, I'll watch why, the whole why, thing. Why not just say Little Big League or something? Little know? Big. So there was a Lady trilogy. Bugs. There was there was a trilogy of great little hey, kids baseball movies. Yeah. There was uh there was The Sandlot. There was Rookie of the Year. Yes. And Little Big League. Weren't they, they, they all the great. same? They all inherited no. the Minnesota Twins. They were they were not all the same. One was about the Cubs. One was about kids who just played in a Sandlot. And then the other one was about the Minnesota the Twins. One was about Minnesota. Anyway, The Sandlot. I could watch this. again. It's a movie about America and Americana, and and uh, what used to make this country great, and will will be great again. Thank you. So those are my three favorite. What so what's the best? I, Jay, what's the best? Oh, the best. Uh, hold on. I, have to, I you know I didn't I didn't actually rank the best, but it's probably Raging Bull, the Martin Scorsese boxing movie. It was directed by best, the most amazing director. Best ever. movie of the nineteen eighties, according me, to the critics. You never got me down, Ray. You never got me down. But it can do. I, I, I don't have ranking per se, but if, uh, the, the, the two movies Make that it stood up. out, yes, uh, that, that that I ended up wanting to talk about, uh, one was Field of Dreams, and we've talked about it again, and, and that great line about America has rolled by like an army of steamrollers, and of course, hey, Dad, you want to have a catch, which is just- Just every time. Every, every time. time. Every time. Every time. Every time. Plus every the music. Uh, Jerry Goldsmith, maybe? Horner? I don't know who it was. Uh, but uh, there are two problems or two issues I have with Field of Dreams. I know it's based on, I guess, the novel, but one is um, at the end, you know, uh, James Earl Jones explains people will come here, they'll, you know, 20 bucks people a person. Will come, right. And the daughter says the same thing. They'll come over here. And then at the end, as the camera pans out over the field, you see the line of cars as yes. far as the eye can see. What is this? Close encounters of the third kind? Have they all been contacted psychically to come here? They yes. all know what's going That's on. They, because they know where, it, what America I is. I think it's like America. They're drawn and, to and, America. And, you know, they just they were on their way to Devil's Mountain in Wyoming. Hey, hey, Vic. 
Don't question it. <laughs> the other one, it's great. They're going to save the farm, right? Timothy Busfield will be happy, right? Who was the brother-in-law for, for thirty Amy something? Right? Yeah, Isn't yeah, for like, thirty like something. Best yeah. known from thirty. He was probably there at that time. Yep. And and LA law. Yes. Was yeah. That? And L.A. Law. I don't. I, didn't, I never. I think that before. Maybe. Uh, and 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 I said, great. You know, they're all showing up, hundred thousands. They probably have one bathroom in that house. It's going to turn into Woodstock. That's my thought. It's well, going to be a disaster. They've got a whole in the field, field of corn. Using, oh my gosh! That's field don't eat that something. corn. Don't eat that corn. Not dreams. Okay. And then and that's what I'm feeling, sort of hopeful, nostalgic, and wistful, and pure. And then when I'm feeling darker, I would say any given Sunday, particularly the director's cut is just it's dark it's very dark there's a story and we can get into this in a second but there's a story about how um oliver stone uh, initially wanted to uh follow around the san francisco 49ers and it was either jamie fox or l cool j was probably jamie fox or jim brown uh it's a stellar cast told him no if you want to make a movie like that you need to follow around the oakland raiders and so that was that JVL. I, Favorite, not best. I, I No, I refuse to play by your rules, Sonny. Um, <laughs> best, would, he, best would probably be a movie that I have not seen, probably Pride of the Yankees, but everyone loves that. Bang the it. drum slowly. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. No, sure. the, best, the best sports movie is Any Given Sunday. It is the layer cake of sports movies, it, it and it is not dark. So personally um, overrated by Jonathan is, B. Last. No, is this is this is Oliver Stone's greatest film. I agree with that. First, no, no, I agree with that. The first film. <laughs> well, you're both high. What are you going to say? It the, is the, the heaven first, one, <laughs> the one I with mean, Tommy Lee Jones. I, I, I'm sorry, Oliver Stone's best film is not Any Given Sunday. I hope you're not going to uh, say Natural Born Killers. No, no, I wouldn't say Natural Born. JFK is definitely his best film. Uh, Platoon is his most most entertaining great film and uh, Alexander is better than any given Sunday so wrong I mean just all wrong <sighs> it is the first movie that by Oliver Stone that actually has heart and I disagree that it's dark it's actually one of the few Oliver Stone movies where everyone is redeemed so it is okay, filled I, yes. with. He but there loves are very every one of those characters. But there are very dark Even the moments. Characters who are bad, like so. James Woods's mm-hmm. doctor, yeah. who is kind of a quack yeah. doctor, feel good. He's vindicated. He is vindicated in the end, and it is it at the end shown that he is simply a man who is trying to help these heroic men fulfill their dreams live their dreams right that's what this he is says. the this is the case for the empire case for dr john james Mc- woods <laughs> in in any given john moment. mcginty uh, mcginley who, mcginley yeah. uh, mcginley who uh who plays the jim rome reporter who is a colossal asshole is redeemed in the end as a guy who really despite everything else oh, loves sports like that. cameron diaz is redeemed al pacino is redeemed uh the the tragedy that you're waiting to happen with shark who is the great Lawrence Taylor, never happens. Like, he gets the hit, and you're expecting, because it's an Oliver Stone thing, like, oh, God, we're being taught. You know, now we're going to see, like, the real price of this. He gets his bonus. Everything works out for everybody. Jamie Foxx grows up. Yes. And what, what? Thank, thank goodness that the uh, that that the focus was not on the guy who lost his eyeball. In the, he was, in the he was part of the Cowboys. He didn't matter. The Knights. The Knights. Yeah. So, <laughs> so what this is is this is a movie that understands 
both the sacrifice but the nobility of professional sports and especially football and gets that football is a dangerous game and a hard game but that the reason we are attracted to it is because it has something very large to say about the nature of manliness itself and stone gets that uh, stone is also and makes this love letter to it he's fixated on gladiators as you know yes. ben her well, there's and there's the famous, very brief, like cut scene in the in the of the gladiators yep. going around the circle. Right. I, yeah. Is it Charl- as Charlton Heston talks? I believe right? that's yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. So you get to see Charlton Heston then and now. Yeah, it's it, and then on top of it, it has great photography. The football has never been shot as beautifully as he does it. Uh, it's got one of the great monologues. Period in cinema, the end. The Al Pacino locker room. It's a game of inches speech, which I think we opened yeah. with this week, which. Just go back and watch that. I mean, this They're is all some, around us. The inches we need are all around us, right? Uh, it's the movie that makes Jamie Foxx's career, which is awesome because I love me some Jamie Foxx. Uh, it has the fantastic the cast. It is a great look into what I believe in my own little contact with this a closer look as to what nfl is like nfl life is like which is that it is intensely stratified and that the lives of the guys who are the offensive linemen are different than the lives of the guys who are the skill players Mm -hmm. on offense which is different from the lives of the star franchise quarterbacks like it really is you know india style cast system and you have very blue collar guys you have very flashy party guys and then you have guys like uh, the, the quarterbacks who are much more like owners they're almost like management uh, and it, it gets that it portrays all that there's a fantastic scene at the party where it, i think it's it's lt goes out with a chainsaw and cuts the cuts the that part wide receiver well as i was saying half. There are very, there are very dark seeds in that movie, including the party seeds in the unrated version are wild. And you, I was, I, I'm sorry, I had to cut did you, you did off. Did you watch the unrated version of Stick It? <laughs> anyway, uh, as uh, LT Shark LeVay says, you remember what he says? Respect he, will be paid. <laughs> that's right. And he cuts Jamie Fo- Willie Beeman's car in half. That's right, with with a chainsaw. Yes, right. Yes, no, and and uh, LL Cool J, LL Cool J is in it, and Bill Bell is in it and the and they're great NFL commissioner Charlton Heston my only the only thing I don't love about it is that I wish to God the NFL had signed off and let them do it with yeah. the real yeah. teams but yeah. they couldn't because, because never, never all, the dark aspects let's say the dark aspects of so, they didn't want yeah. to reflect on the, it was it's steroid actually, use it's actually very funny there's a there's a, a snippet in Matt Zoller Seitz's book on Oliver Stone that's very good everyone should pick it up if they can um about Charlton Heston, who, mm. like, you know, he he went out and he said, oh, you know, these Hollywood liberals would never hire me, Charlton Heston, face of the NRA, to be in their movies anymore. And Oliver Stone literally got on the phone and was like, hey, uh, I love you, Charlton Heston. Do you want to be in my movie about football? And then that's how it happened. Oh, that's, that's a great yeah. story. And he has a great line when he says about Cameron Diaz. Remember, he says, I honestly think that she would eat her own or something like that. <laughs> you know, it was great. And that's probably one of his last times we'd seen him on in, in a movie, probably. That that, yeah, I guess that's after True Lies, right? That's yes, yeah, I think so. It's so so. Any given Sunday is the best sports movie. Uh, the only possible contender might be Bloodsport, which is the best movie ever made about Kumite. <laughs> 
certainly the best movie ever made oh, about Kumite. Yes. And and Sudden Death, which well, is ju- which, which is, is on the ice. That was is, Jean-Claude Van Damme we don't, on ice. We don't have time to discuss this right now, but the martial arts movie is a whole different subgenre of yes. of sports yes. movie, right? Yes, like it is. is does do martial arts count as uh, a sport? No, I count them as action adventure movies, except for the martial arts movies that are explicitly tournament, tournament style, right, like right. Karate so Kid, like Bloodsport, or Karate Kid, Lionheart, or Mortal Kombat. Oh wow! <laughs> wow! With the future Mrs. Pete Sampras, mm. I am uh, yeah, that's again right. at the height of her powers. At her powers, yes, <laughs> which is not now. Um, I anticipate we'll get a lot of feedback uh, from folks on Twitter about what about X, Y, and Z movies. Yeah, you know, I'm sure we'll talk. You know, oh, you didn't talk about any movies. Talk about the nat- well, yeah, which is why I brought back Pride. I brought Who up cares? Pride of the Yankees. Old movies are dumb. Also, The Natural. That's one. You know, movies that movie. don't have color. <laughs> Why would anybody watch them? Why would anybody watch anything made before like 1975? Frankly, I don't understand. Right. Uh, when you talk about like the early the early age of cinema, that's like The Godfather. That's that's really when it starts. Yes. Well, <laughs> movies movies began uh, when Stanley Kubrick started making movies. That's it. <laughs> it's 1956 or so. Uh, there's like, like one or two black and whites in there that he did, but that's okay. Yeah. Well, but mm-hmm. but again, mm-hmm. it's you know, it's is Stanley there Cooper. anything either of you gentlemen have anything else to get off your chest about the sports movies now no. okay so i'm glad we all agree that uh that stick it is the greatest movie <laughs> okay good um as i mentioned earlier uh i was uh this past weekend at universal studios orlando and it was really to see uh the wizarding world of harry potter we did a bunch of the other rides but i would say now almost everybody who goes there is going to that you know because if you're competing with disney world and disney world still does a ton more traffic and revenue off of the theme parks, but I think the big edge that they have that, and they poured a ton of money into it because it looks so real. And I would say you would love it, JVL. It's the only place where you and your wife will feel comfortable wearing your school robes, your Gryffindor robes, and your wands. Careful where you point that wand, but you can just point it right now. (laughs) And the hats, you can wear the hats and and the scarves. You could do the whole thing. And I don't, I didn't look at. Do you have to pay extra for that package? Is there like, do you get like a, do you get like a? Wizarding wardrobe in your in your hotel room. Oh, you got to buy that on your own. But you could buy it at the one of the various shops in either Hogsmeade or Diagon Alley, perhaps. What percentage of the guests are doing cosplay? Uh, I would say about thirty percent that I saw. I would wow. say thirty percent walking around like and like completely normal. And it's not even that I thought, wow, this person looks weird. Not at all. It was like, oh yeah. I have another question for you, please. What percentage of the guests did not? Have children accompanying them? Oh, that's uh, that's a good. That's uh, there, there were young people, young people like teens, and people in their twenties, I guess. And gymnasts? I know. I would say I don't know, forty percent, maybe. You know, maybe it's sixty. Wow. So about half, it's half. Sixty. You're to, saying half I would say of it sixty is to seventy percent. Just kid. millennials. Now I'll say sixty up. to seventy. Kid. But a lot of it are, yeah. Teens who are old enough to g- travel on their own, and I, I know this because I followed a lot of them around <laughs> just to supervise. You know? Just to make sure they didn't get Ooh, in any, any I can, trouble. I can get you into Honeydukes. And uh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> and I cast a spell on them. Erecto. Oh, sorry. That was... <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> sorry, that was on my side. I accidentally cast it on myself. You know, Priapismo. You know, it's uh, anyway. Uh, no, Des- Descendo. Sorry, Descendo. All right, <laughs> stop. Stop it. <laughs> But we're just gonna I'm have sorry, to. I can't go on. We're just gonna have to beep. Like I'm sorry. No, I, I thought of that one before. You 
were going no, to no, get yes, a phone yes, call. Yes. It is. It is. It is. It is. Very You're going to get a phone call from Universal what? Studios yeah, asking no, you erecto, not to come back. Erecto is not a. It's not a. It's not a spell. It's not a spell. I've tried it. Um, <laughs> the uh, what, the funniest thing is when you see kids waving their wands and they're playing with each other. What do you think, JVL, since you're more into this than Sonny, um, what do you think is the spell you hear the most kids using against each other? Crucio. Oh, Actio. Not bad. No. Actio. Guess again. Close. Uh, Expelliarmus. Uh, Havada Kedavra. Oh, Havada Kedavra. Yeah, the, the death curse. Yeah, the death. They don't they even go to Crucio. No, they just jump to kill you. You guys are... <laughs> And you, the best part is you get to go on to King's Cross Station and take the Hogwarts Express. You run through the wall. Yes, Platform, and there is nine actual and three nine and three quarters. There's an optical illusion, so while you're waiting in line, you can see people, and it looks like they're going through a brick wall. And then you get there, and then you end up in Hogsmeade, and there's all these different rides. Hogwarts Castle is, you can go inside, it's real. You go through a classroom, you go through Dumbledore's, you know, office, and the, the, the thing where you put your head in, you know, for the tears and things like that. It's in the mirror. It's all there. And, oh, and talking pictures. That is what is insane, talking pictures. And, of course, the newspapers with, so it's carefully crafted newspaper, and, uh, you know, just superimposed on a video screen. Uh, but they do a very good job of that. And so one of the nice things we saw as soon as we walked in was the wanted poster with Gary Oldman. Ah. Screaming as yeah, and that was great. It was great to see Gary Oldman. Can I ask a question? As somebody who sure. prefers amusement park experiences to yes. theme park experiences, mm -hmm. how were the rides? The rides were very at Harry Potter. The rides there are two rides that were well. There's three rides probably that were extremely intense. Uh, the first one I forced my entire family on because I had no idea it would be that intense was uh, called Harry Potter's Forbidden Journey, and you're basically in a giant. You know, I mean, you have harnesses on, and uh, and it's part 3D, 4D. No goggles though, no goggles, and you have things coming at you, spiders spitting venom, and it's water shooting in your face, dementors in your face, and you're also moving. It's very physically exhausting because you're you know that you're being thrown up and down, upside down, the whole thing. Escape from Gringotts. Oh, is, sorry, one question: Are you staying in place, or are you in a car both. that's moving? You're in a car that's moving, okay. and then it stops in front of some giant IMAX-like screen, and gotcha. you feel like you're moving, and then you move on again. It's hard to tell exactly unless you turn on all the lights how big the, that facility is. Uh, Escape from Gringotts is part 3D, 4D with glasses and part roller coaster. And that's crazy. And the great thing is, again, as I was saying to uh, Sonny earlier, uh, JVL, I wonder if it's in the contract with Universal or did they have to pay gobs of money to Michael Gambon, Ray Fiennes, and Helena Bonham Carter to all appear in the entire cast? hundred, I, I guarantee you it's in the contract. Wow. Yeah. I guarantee you all theme park rights. Theme park, are, are attraction, included. acting. Yeah. And so they have to pretend that there's this I mean, story sure, they create. I'm sure it's like a day's worth of shooting. Like while they're already in makeup on the- And they the, just throw yeah, that in there yeah. and they have the story figured out. The interesting thing with Universal versus Disney is um, the whole, you know, um, it, it Universal is so much more dependent on just what are the movies out now. So when I went to Universal in the 90s, two different times, almost all those rides that I did are all gone, right? Earthquake Simulator, Twister, Back what? to the Future. Twister's gone? Twister's gone. And now they're making, and I we went to a Men in Black ride that felt kind of outdated. Like I bet you Men in Black might be gone at you know at some point and they're making way for um you know fast and furious is going to be the next simulated ride the big thing right now is minions despicable me that'll probably go on because that that franchise sort of continues i wondered how long et 
was going to last, in fact, because it's old. And you look at the video with Steven Spielberg and he talks to you before you get it. It's good for the kids, but E.T. is old. And I don't know if that still resonates. It was very strange when you walk from one section of theme park to another. You're basically walking from one John Williams score to another. So you're going through Jurassic Park, Harry Potter, you know, and then E.T. It's just, you know, all one. But um, anyway, that was uh, that was that was I don't know if you have any strong feelings about, you know, uh, the, the theme park rides that you like. But there were a lot to choose from um, the I like the animat- animatronic ones because it's sort of, you know, nostalgia driven. I mean, it's silly, you know, because it doesn't feel real. Um, Sonny, this is one of the reasons why I kind of prefer the amusement park concept to the theme park concept like so I was lucky enough to have a family living near Cedar Point in Ohio Cedar Point is like Cedar Point is like the roller coaster mecca for for nerds who love roller coasters Um, and one of the great things about Cedar Point is that it is not driven at all by what is in the what is in the multiplexes and what is they have rides that were built in the 70s rides that were built in the 80s 90s you know and the park just kind of expands and builds on top of itself and sometimes they take down older older stuff um but it is it is a pure like adrenaline yeah. theme. Yeah. Yeah. Th- if if it had a theme, it would be like okay. adrenaline junkie. It would be like we're right. gonna go on the four hundred foot high roller coaster and come down at hundred and ten miles an hour right. at a sixty degree angle. That's what we do. So at yeah. Universal, they have that. It's like a you know tame your dragon ride, yeah. and then it's insane thing. Yeah. And Doctor Doom's Fear Fall, which is like the old free fall ride, and you hear people screaming round the clock, round the clock. You hear people screaming. Did you have a favorite ride that you did? Yeah, I, I think Escape from Gringotts. You actually go through the bank. And on top of the bank outside is a perched uh, dragon. And every five to ten minutes, it belches out fire. And you could feel the heat. It's intense. The kids love it because, you know, you step on versus certain brass squares and you can cast spells at things. And then there's Nocturne Alley. You know, you go through and, it's, and then the... Uh, Bork and Burkus and Bork, whatever that uh, the the dark shop is, you know, and you could find things there. Um, it's so insane. Even you go to the bathroom and you hear Morning Myrtle, you know. Which is, I mean, that's crazy. It's crazy. So uh, it was it it, it it was great. So I enjoyed those rides. Uh, my son actually liked Jurassic Park a lot, and we did it twice. That's a pretty intense ride. It is, but it's kind of dated in a weird way, because that's all animatronic. Yeah. There's no, versus the new ride that we just got on, which was King Kong Skull Island. And again, that movie has, has not even come theaters. out. Yeah. And you go in, and it's a truck, and it's that, you gotta wear the goggles. And as you know for me, looking at me now, I am not a goggle on top of my glasses head. Well, they don't make them to fit you. It no. was did you just, have to it was go, discombobulated. Did you have to go, go to an word? office and ask for like uh, <laughs> a special one? Are you like the guys on the airplane who has to ask for the seatbelt <laughs> extender, I, I need but the you need extender the head for version my head. of that? I need, I need the, the head, extender for my head. I need the so, goggle extender. I, so I don't like those kind of rides just because of my, you know. Special condition? Special, yes. Handicap? Thank you. I think it's called special condition, oh. sorry, by, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm specially abled in that way They're certainly special. Um, and and then have to listen to the kids you know make jokes about the glasses not fitting my head or the harness for that matter but that was after eating a lots of uh, oh we ate at the leaky cauldron you know i mean it's it's all there it's great all there i hope you uh, guys get a chance to go um Okay, well, I guess we can move on to Jonathan. You said you have a bunch of corrections. So many corrections. Go for it. I got so much wrong last week. The one thing I got right, I told you people to take the over on the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. Came home. 
The great thing about taking the over is that when it's over, it's over. You take the under, you have to nurse that all the way home. Uh, so wrong. I said Belichick and Ernie Adams went to Exeter. They did not. They went to Andover. Mm. Uh, Phillips Academy. Phillips. I thought, uh, I thought they were the same thing. I thought it was like Andover, Exeter. Of course, I, that's like, what you thought. I, mean, I don't Virginia. understand. Uh, Sonny Bunch was wrong about the year in which Brett Favre's final game as a uh, Packer versus the Redskins was, was. He said it was 2006 or 2007. It was 2004. Uh, we have... Uh, Real Genius, the one who asks uh, Val Kilmer about pounding the spike through a board with his penis, is not, in fact, William Atherton's uh, wife, but it's it's in a, we, don't, we don't even know what she is. She's either a girlfriend or a hooker or something. And in fact, his response is not what I says. He doesn't say not yet. He says not at the moment. Uh, so there's there also, you know, there even, well, I'll just post the rest of these corrections there. Um, the big one is for all of us. Uh-oh. We have been called out by somebody who is reasonably woke. <laughs> My wife says that we did not mention a single female character. Hey, no. I saw that this morning. I woke up. I woke up at five thirty this yes. morning to take my dog out mm-hmm. to go do her business, and I have twenty tweets from yes. Shannon last. I saw that. I got up at six a.m. and I, uh, I was tweeting while doing my ablutions. I, I, I mean, myself, I have binders full of female <laughs> character actors, uh, and there are so many that I, Allison Janey. Lovely, wonderful. Yeah. Can't can't get enough of Alice and Janie. Not a character actor. Uh, In the true Tobolowski sense. Not a character actor. Alice and She's Janie. She's very is well not known. Not a character actor. She's very well known. In the Tobolowski sense, it's, hey, who is that person I see every the day? The gal from Glee who's in all the Christopher Guest movies. Who's really Jane, Lynch. Jane Lynch. Jane Lynch. Love Jane Lynch. Jane Lynch. But Jane Lynch is a character, character actor. actor. Yeah. Uh, Jessica Walter. Yes, I would agree. Judy Greer. Judy Greer, who yeah. wrote an entire book about being a character yeah, actor. Yeah, that's good. Uh, and the book is great, too. And Judy Greer is a national treasure. She's funny in everything she does. So there are many lovely and talented female character actors. Judy Greer's best turn in adaptation. She was really only in it for like a minute. Well, no, her best turn is in Arrested, Arrested Development. Development. Say goodbye, Say goodbye to, to these, these Michael. <laughs> <laughs> I She's love the pixel. Did they pixelate it, or they or they do they a black bar, a black bar, uh, or pixelated? <laughs> it's it's okay. great. So those are the corrections. I there are even more, but I'm not going to go into them have, now. I'll just put them on the I, show notes, which will be up tomorrow. Show notes at weeklystandard.com. I had one from longtime listener Jambo who points out that John Hurt actually collaborated with Mel Brooks not twice, but three times. So he did the Elephant Man, which was a Brooks Films production. He did Spaceballs, where he ha- rehashed his role Alien. And JMO reminds us that uh, John Hurt also played Jesus in History of the World Part 1. So there you go. <laughs> Judas, would you like a beverage? Uh, also, I would just like to point out that the correction on Brett Favre is not really a correction because I said during the podcast that I wasn't sure. So it's not. I'm, I'm still perfect. My uh, my buddy, Ken Benversi, who wrote in to correct you, <laughs> even footnoted it saying that it's on page 389 <laughs> of the 2016 <laughs> Packers Media Guide. That's good. Um, okay. Uh, Spirit of the Week. Spirit of the Week. Ah, here we are. Sonny and I are drinking George Dickel Rye Whiskey. 
Charcoal Mellowed by George A. Dickel and Company. How did you like it, Sonny? I'm not a huge whiskey fan. Uh, I'm not a big fan of Jack Daniels, but I love all of the Dickel whiskeys. Mm-hmm. The Dickel rye is, mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. my go-to Manhattan. I've had a very smooth. Component. We've had a few spirits here yep. that I thought were a little bit harder to get down than others, but this was no, it's, it's great. It's amazing. You always oh, say that the spirit of the week is fantastic, and you I, make people to send you free stuff, and now you're we're saying working some of them on it. Very well, good. I think Dickel is it the makes best. Makes me wonder why we do hint, this segment. Hint, people love it. You know, drinking. it's funny, except it, for you. It's funny. People our friend, drinking. our friend John Podhoritz suggested that you know this this segment gets a little bit you know out of hand sometimes, and it only really gets out of hand because one JVL interjects his mm-hmm. nasty his criticisms temperance. of his our amazing drinks like Dickel Rye, one it's of the like, one of the smoothest, classicest, classiest, and classic. Yes. What are you drinking? Anyway, what we, were you drinking, Jonathan? You downed that thing. I said a little German product, a little German beverage. It's a uh, Schufferhofer. I could see it from here. Uh, it's a Hefeweizen grapefruit beer for die Frauen. It was. It was. <laughs> it was literally like pinkish, pinkish orange, <sighs> like a cream sickle it's orange. Mansions. It's pretty mansions. It was. It, it really. I was. I actually asked JBL when he walked in because I couldn't see the label. Yes. Did you find a Zima? I thought I, you know office? what it was before he turned the label. I thought he was bringing in sort of like a Bartles and James joke, like a a white huge in Germany. Oh, I'm sure. You I'm know sure. what? So what does it say among the Frauen? What does it say when you go to Wegmans with your kids, and as you're walking past the beer section, your son says, "Oh, I'll go pick up the daddy juice," because he knows right where it is over in the German wow. section of beers, and he goes over and picks it up and brings it over. Does the child services come for that? No, 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 okay. no, 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 because it has that bright color. No. No, okay. they would, but they would come if you went to like the PBR. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wow. I believe that's all the time we feel like spending in the studio. Uh, so questions, comments, complaints, compliments, tweet us at Victorino Mattis, at Sunny Budge. Again, be sure to subscribe to us. Oh, wait. At JV Last. Oh, you almost no. missed Mr. Q. Uh, be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or Google Play. Uh, just type in Substandard under the podcast. We're there. Leave a review. Tell your friends. And don't forget, the Substandard show notes will be up on Fridays at 11 a.m. Until next time. Okay. Music. Thank you. Thank you. Um, you know what else I was going to say I loved about uh, the old section of Universal Studios before you get to Wizarding World? Jaws. Is Jaws still there? No, it's gone, and that's a tragedy. The, Stick the, it, the World? tour. <laughs> that's another theme park. And the, the tour Stick is gone. Stick World is actually run, sponsored by the FBI's Innocent Images program. <laughs> I'll look into that. Um, the, the They have the replica cities. You know, and so what I loved it, it's like you could go to San Francisco and it's like a beautiful San Francisco without all the homeless people. You know, you could go. It's just so very, it's nothing it's like very San Francisco. In Chicago, it's very safe. You could go in and it's like it's like classic old. They, they recreate little sections of city for you, but it's from like San Francisco from Vertigo or whatever. You know, it's uh, it's from a different time, but it was lovely. Also, JVL, you would love, you would love the Butterbeer. The Butterbeer, I have done my own analysis of this, I believe is vanilla cream soda with a marshmallow froth. And I had two of them. It's a little hard for me. <laughs> it was, my daughter did not like it, and her gut reaction was to spit it back into my drink. And I thought to myself, well, I did pay $7 for this drink. The so, wait, is so I it, drank does, it. Is, it actually, is there actually alcohol in it? No, or? but you know what you'd be surprised by, Sonny? Um, they sell 
booze throughout Universal. Of course they do. I mean, I don't know I'm sure do it's extremely that at, expensive. That's do because they, Universal is the grown-up version of Disney. Yes, I was going to yeah. say, I don't remember Wait, do they, in Disney do they, if they do don't they sell. Not, do they not sell booze in Disney? I believe that is there, there are like a, restaurants is there like an adult where you island? can get... Well, there is an adult island, but I believe there are restaurants where you can get like red wine or a beer in Disney, but not... It's been a while since I was there, but not like on the street. Oh, like, there aren't. on the street. Yeah. They had on the street, including uh, they had Duff beer stands, you know, because yes. the whole they have the whole Simpsons thing is there. Well, this is... This is this is it's, one of the great things about Bush Gardens in Williamsburg is that they just it's that's booze right. everywhere. It's like <laughs> that must be a know. lovely yeah, scene. Drunk people on roller coasters. Yeah. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? <sighs> hey, can I remind yes, you please. why you fell in love with Missy Peregrine? Oh, I don't remember. Geez. I don't. You know what? I only saw the trailer. I don't even think I saw the movie. Where did she get her start? Where Dark Angel? Oh, <laughs> well. <laughs> Because I remember with, things about you. My files. Eliza Dushku or Jessica Alba? Jessica, Jessica Alba. Alba. I the love them files both. I, I love have them on both. you, Victor. Oh, Eliza Dushku is Dollhouse again. This yes, is a... and Eliza Dushku, of course, is Bring It On. Yes, and yes. she is. That's right. Boy, you uh, your recall for this again? It's perfect. Uh, why? Yeah, th- no, I just the car wash scene. That's all. <laughs> yeah, just the car wash scene, Jack. It's just the car wash scene, Jack. Sorry. <laughs> I'm still your but friend, Colonel. Yeah. I'm still your friend, right, JVL? But Colonel, you didn't touch her, right? <laughs> what would you? What? Would, how would you describe your file on JVL's various proclivities? Uh, Equal, equally extensive. Uh, we cannot be discussed. Are you asking me or I know because his wife listens. I'm, ask, I'm asking JVL. <laughs> I'm sure it's fine. <laughs>